I believe our very lives are a matter of stewardship. The way that we use what we have matters to the one who made us. He intended for us to manage this life and all that comes with it. This is a podcast to connect the dots of all the ways we manage the substance of our lives, from heart work to housework, from relationships to identity, from purpose to desires, wellness, creativity, and everything that makes up our lives. This is a sisterhood centered on Christ. On this podcast, I'll be sharing thoughts and transparent talks on what God is teaching me as I wear these different hats and manage various things just like you do, only differently in my own style for his glory. Listen in. Hey, it's Sharice and welcome to another episode of the Style and Stewardship Podcast. This is episode four. I'm going to hop right in because the last um, episode that I posted was all about just lies and just how insidious they can be and how simple they can be and how we can attach so many things about ourselves to those lies. So from our identity to who we should, who we think we should be as Christians based on the appearance. And I mean, the appearance of other Christians and we can get so caught up in the wrong things. So when I, when I think about lies, I, I think that they are so um, simple that a lot of times we can, we don't even realize Um, the role that they play in our lives. We sometimes don't recognize that we've accepted a lie about something or about someone, you name it. Um, And we all know where lies originate from the father of lies, from Satan. I think one of our biggest issues can be the fact that we have accepted what the world says something uh, says about something as opposed to going to God's word and seeing what God says about it or we'll kind of take God's word and you know just cherry pick the things that'll fit what we want to do or what we want to believe not necessarily the truth of God's word one of the most insidious lies is and this is just something that God's laid on my heart. I've actually recorded five other episodes on this, but I was holding them because I was, I would put it out and then, you know, I would say, you know what, I'm not going to publish that. I just feel like there's so much more. And I think I might just do a series on lies. One of the biggest lies I believe is comparison. I want to break down what I believe comparison actually is. So when people say, you know, we'll say, you know, social media is really hard because it's hard not to compare myself to this person. This person's more successful or this person has this and my Instagram feed looks terrible and, you know, whatever. Or we'll do this with our body. We'll do this with body image. Oh, that person's body, I, I could never have a six pack or or whatever the case may be. And we do this all based on not truth but on societal standards. And we call it comparison because we don't have another word for it. That's my belief. But the thought that just came to my mind, and it was a question, and that's how a lot of things happen that I take back to God. If I have a question about it, I literally just ponder on it. And I just ask God, God, why is this still on my mind? Why is this still on my heart? Um, Can you just, just give me wisdom, give me truth in this area? 
because it just, it, it almost nags me. And this comparison thing has been nagging me. Um, so for someone who is, you know, putting things on social media and putting things on the internet, um, which is very uncomfortable for me, I feel so strongly that I've got to speak truth. I have to say these things because I just feel like we need more of it. We need not, we need more of me. We just need more of God and God's word and people that are trying to rightly handle God's word, um, in regards to what this world looks like. So, all right. So comparison. So there's a statement, there's a quote, I forget who says it, but it says, um, comparison is the thief of joy. This is what my brain just kept going over and over on this. And I was just like, God, what is that about? What, what's, what, what is that about? So the issue with that is saying that, in my opinion, is saying almost that comparison is something that happens outside of you. And I don't believe that. I don't believe it for two seconds because it's almost like saying comparison is something that happens to you. I don't believe that. I don't think it's true. What I think actually happens when we so-called compare ourselves to someone else, I think that it's more, it's less like stealing and more like forfeiting. I think it's more like forfeiting our joy. I don't think someone comes and steals our joy. I think we can allow it to steal our joy, but it's not something that happens to you. It's something that you allow to happen through you. So it's not like you've been robbed of something, even though it will rob you of something. Does that make sense? I hope this is making sense to someone, but I think comparison gets turned into the issue and becomes more of a scapegoat when what's really happening, I believe on a heart level as believers, I believe that it's actually a temptation, which is always a choice. What we do with the temptation not that the temptation comes, but what we do with the temptation. Um, so when we compare, I'm using air quotes, you can't see me, but when we compare ourselves to other people or what we have to someone else, what we're actually doing is we're looking away from what we have and what we've been given or what we've worked for. And the temptation that I believe leads to comparison is a temptation to believe that you don't have enough of something, whether it's, you don't have enough money to obtain what the next person has, whether you think that you are not pretty enough based on the standard of beauty that's out there culturally or, or just in our society, because there's different levels of that. That's for sure. Depending on what your background is, there's certain things that are considered more beautiful to this culture and to that culture. Um, or in the fact that we live in the time that we do where we see images constantly 24 seven Proverbs says that the eyes of man are never full. Like we can look and look and look and look and look and we can never get tired. Um, that's a whole other thing, isn't it? But right now we're talking about comparison. So when we look back at what we're holding, we have, we have a, a false revelation of, oh, I don't have enough. What that person has is better or what that person is doing is better. So we basically surrender our contentment 
or our satisfaction to a desire to have more than what we already have, which is guess what? (laughs) Coveting. And I don't hear a lot of this spoken about because we like to, like I said, we like to scapegoat comparison as if comparison is the issue. And I believe that it's actually lack of contentment, lack of satisfaction in what God has given us or provided for us or allowed us to have. And I say allowed, (laughs) you know, if we look at our lives as Christians and believe that God is our provider and he's the one who even gives us the ability to obtain wealth is what scripture says, or to make a living or to be in an able body and a sound mind to, to carry out work that will be able to benefit and feed our family. You know, where we're able to pay taxes, we're able to tithe, we're able to do all the things that we're supposed to do. Um, but we, the reason why, why we have, so many issues within us, I believe, is because we've accepted lies that we don't have enough. So, you know, Paul talks about this, you know, he talks about the scripture in the scripture where he says, I've learned how to abase and I've learned how to abound, you know, whether in little or in much, you know, I've learned the secret of contentment, you know, and I think contentment is actually something that we have to practice. We're not going to just thank God once for something and and now all of a sudden we're content. I believe our hearts are very fickle, um, you know, if this is not something that we practice and it must be practiced, just like righteousness, doing the right thing. It has to be practiced. Um, <laughs> working out, it's a practice. And we understand this on so many, um, you know, obvious ways, you know, in our, in our, in physical things. So we understand this with how something is produced. We understand that there is, there are actions that we do over and over that are compounded that end up giving us a certain result. So whether that's going to the gym on a regular basis, whether that is eating healthy meals on a regular basis, whether that is saving and paying off debt on a regular basis, we make habits out of things. And we are habitual people. Um, so God God created us this way. You know, there are certain things that we need every single day that become part of our lives. Eating, drinking, sleeping, you know, opening our eyes, closing our eyes, all of those things. But when we start to get to this place of feeling like we don't have enough, it's a slap in a, it's, it's an affront to God. It is a slap in the face. It is saying what you've given me is not enough. So then what happens is we like to think, take things outside of ourselves to deal with problems as opposed to looking inward and seeing where the problems are coming from. And that's just a true statement as human beings. We like pointing fingers. We like saying that something else is to blame for why things are the way that we are. We do this in politics, whether it's a left or right, don't get me started because <laughs> Jesus is neither, but We like to point fingers of blame outside of ourselves all of the time. Yesterday I was just reading in um, the scripture where it talks about, you know, why do you talk about the speck that's in your brother's eye, but you don't, I'm paraphrasing and I'm just speaking in, in my terms, like, why are you not dealing with your own issues? You know, I've, I've seen this in myself. I've seen this in other people. And I think a lot of times we need to come back to a place of, humility of seeing that, God, I know that this is an area that I struggle in. 
and taking it to God. But we cannot blame what is going on outside of us for the issues that are emanating from inside of us. So if you are struggling with comparison, what you're actually struggling with is not necessarily comparing or not comparing. You're struggling with being okay and having enough of what you already have, what God has already given you or blessed you with. You are struggling with covetousness. You are not struggling with something outside of you, you know? Um, so if it is a matter of, okay, so this is, and then we have, we can't be ignorant to the fact that these things are in us because one, that's, let's just, that's not realism. You know, we, I think that, you know, even repentance, not, I think, I know repentance even requires us to see what is going on in us, to see our sinful nature, and then to take in it, take it to God and turn away from it. Some of us need to repent of comparison again, not as something that has happened outside of you, but something that is internally going on with you. So this is just heart work. And I believe that, you know, we can get caught up in, this is another thing that, that, that is really, really prevalent is we can get caught up in what other people say about something instead of actually taking it within ourselves and pondering on it and saying, you know, but no, is comparison really the issue or, you know, is whatever the case, you know, you can insert anything there, but right now we're talking about comparison. So when we give in to the temptation of comparison, of coveting and not fighting against that and blaming what we don't have or what we don't like about ourselves on someone else. What we're actually doing is relinquishing our freedom. We are giving it away. So no one's coming and stealing it. You know, we are giving it away and we are free in Christ. How indeed like completely free in Christ. So this is the, this, how do, so how do we combat this lie? First, we have to recognize it for what it is. It's not comparison. It's a lie. It's coming from our hearts and saying that we don't have enough. Satan used this in the garden with Eve. He basically told her God was keeping something good from, from her. And scripture says very plainly, you know, he will withhold no good thing from his children. So if God is withholding something, it is because he knows best. He knows what's in our hearts better than we do. And when we read scripture, we're able, scripture is not just a lens, but it's also a mirror. So it is, I believe the way that we truly see who we actually are. Other people can be that mirror of what we struggle with. So I'll use myself for an example, um, cause that's always fun, but I, I don't, um, I'm not going to lie to you. I have <laughs> very strong opinions about things and I don't necessarily agree with some things that people around me say or do. And that can sometimes cause friction because I do not, I don't always <laughs> answer in a, what's the word? I can't say it. It's not docile. That's not the word I'm thinking of. I can't think of the word, but sometimes it can come. Okay. So I'll use this. Sometimes it, my tone of voice, just the tone, my tone of voice does not always come across as the most compassionate. You can ask my husband. Um, and I like to get to the bottom of an issue immediately because I don't like walking on eggshells. I don't like feeling awkward around people. 
I don't want anyone feeling awkward about me. I cannot stand passive aggressive behavior. It is something that I loathe. Um, and it is not, I feel like, all right, if we have an issue, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it right now. You know, you know, with my husband, I'm like, no, let's talk about it right now. He wants to, you know, take his time with something. He wants to sit with something for a moment. And me, I'm like, no, let's rip the bandaid off. Let's deal with this thing right now. And that can be a bit much. So that to me is a mirror that things are not on my time. Resolutions are not on my time. And getting to the bottom of something, I cannot tell someone else how to process their emotions or process their thoughts um, so that we can go ahead and get on with whatever it is that you know we want to do. So that's an example of other people being a mirror of the things that, you know, maybe, you know, not maybe things that I have to work on and that I consistently have to work on because I'm ready to, I'm like, no, let's talk about it right now. And that's a lot. That can be a lot for people. (laughs) And it's through other people that I recognize that, you know, that again, that, um, that mirror of things that I need to work on, um, of the things that I didn't realize are a little, might be a little grading for other people. It might grade against people. So that's just a side, that's an aside. But I just wanted to make the point that other people are not necessarily our standard, but other people can be a barometer of things that we may need to work on. Some, some of us could be, you know, better listeners, more compassionate. I'm raising my hand. (laughs) Um, you know, approachable. Um, so that's just an example. And what scripture does is scripture tells us more about us than anything else ever would or ever could, because it is the word of God and God's word is profitable for everything. And it is truly a double edged sword. So we see things about ourselves that we don't necessarily like. And we see things about ourselves that God doesn't necessarily like. So it can be really, really hard, but we can never stop doing that work. And that heart work, um, one of my favorite scriptures is, you know, all the issues of life flow out of our our hearts. I'm paraphrasing again. Um, But all the issues of life can be found within us, you know, and scripture also says that our hearts, you know, like who can know our hearts? Like they are just, we have so, we, I mean, you know this, I know this you know, we can, we can be really fickle. We can start the day feeling a certain way. And then by the end of the day, we feel crappy. And sometimes we allow that to come out and some people allow that to, you know, to spew and some people, you know, allow that to fester, but we have to always take these things to God. So comparison, if you struggle with comparison, let me rephrase. If you struggle with the temptation to compare, This is actually a temptation that you do not have enough. So don't lie to yourself or accept a lie that I'm comparing and now I feel bad because, you know, her stuff looks better than mine and whatever the case may be, or he has a six pack or I don't know, whatever that may be for you. But be real with yourself and be honest with yourself. Be real with God. Take it to God because the fact of the matter is, is 
the things that are deep within our hearts can come out in some really unsavory ways. And it can taint a lot of really, really good things about us. But if nothing else, obviously it does more than this, but if nothing else, this may hinder our our joy that we can have in Christ. The, the sufficiency of who God is in our lives and what he has provided and how he has given us all things and how all things work together for the good of those who are called according to God's purpose. All things. So if God has told us no about something, that's not something we then get upset that someone else has. We The easiest way to not be jealous is one, to not covet and leave it there, take it to God and say, God, I'm really struggling with whatever that thing may be for you. And then asking God to do a work within you about whatever it is you're struggling with because he desires that. He wants us to bring everything to him. And we get so caught up in, it's like we forget that God knows everything anyways. Or I think a lot of times is we don't want to admit it to ourselves. And that's the first step of repentance. And we don't repent once when we come to Jesus and accept him as Lord and Savior. We repent daily. Hopefully we do. I'm not saying that I do every day. This is something when I'm speaking on um, this microphone, I am talking back to myself as well. None of these things have I perfected and none of us are perfect (laughs) Um, until we are made perfect and this world is no more and sin is no more. But we would be lying to think that we don't still struggle with sin. That's crazy to me. Like we struggle, but we do not have to get in. We don't have to give in rather. Um, God is enough. What God has given you is enough. And if God has not given you something, it is for your good and his glory. So I just wanted to touch on that for a second. So how do we combat that? How do we get past that? What I believe we do is we first take it to God and we are real with, we are real with ourselves. And sometimes we compare because there is lust within us. You know, we are lusting after a certain whatever, you know, but yours may emanate from a different place than the next person or from mine. But what God showed me was when we compare, we are saying that God is not enough. When we give into the temptation of comparison, we're saying that what we have is not enough. And that, and that therein lies a lot of problems and it can lead us to do things that are actually outside of what God would have us do in order to obtain something. And scripture says that, you know, you have not because you ask not. And when you do ask, you ask to fulfill your own lustful desires. Again, I'm paraphrasing. I'm no theologian. (laughs) So this is hopefully a question that you can have for yourself you can ask yourself if this is, this might not even be something that you struggle with, 
this might be something where you're like, that's not where I have issues. It may be with something else, but it all comes back to the same things. It comes to us believing that God is not sufficient, that we do not have enough, that God is withholding something good from us, and that someone else has something better based on, mind you, this is just based on our own perception of what they have. So we have no idea what it looks like on the other side. The grass is not greener. The grass is just theirs. You know, so stewardship is working with what's in front of us what we've been given and entrusted with. So I'm not here to steward what somebody else has. I'm here to steward whatever God has given me. And the same goes for you. Our heart is not left out of that equation equation because God doesn't leave our hearts out of that, that equation. So I hope that this can be a starting point for you, a springboard to maybe pray differently about something or maybe just the catalyst, the prompt to get you to ask yourself, hey, do I believe that comparison is a thing that happens outside of me? Or is my temptation to compare emanating from something within me that I believe I lack? And God can give us anything. But God expects us to be real with ourselves and honest with ourselves and be honest before him because there's nothing he doesn't see. So my encouragement, prayer for you today, for myself today is to meditate on all the good God has done for you. If today's the day you need to start journaling or pull out your memos on your phone and do it daily for a week, write down two things I feel like that's a little like short of a list, but start with two to five things that you are grateful for. Because I think the easiest way to not covet or to not be jealous of what someone else has is one to rejoice with them and for them. Celebrate when they celebrate. Be excited for people because You're praising God with them for whatever we call them praise reports for a reason for what God has done in their life. And for the fact that God has given us the grace and the ability to see how he has worked in someone else's life, the the grace to see someone else's testimony, because that is a powerful thing because your circumstances aren't exactly the same as anyone else's, but the same God who blessed that person is allowing you to one, see it. So that is a hopeful thing that builds our hope. But not only that, we're able to see that God is capable of anything that God wills to do. So remember how good God is. Meditate on his goodness, his sufficiency. And if you have issues in this area, take it to God and ask him to help you because he will. But that's, and that is asking within his will. And we know that if we ask anything within his will, then God answers those prayers. So I hope that you enjoy the rest of your day. If you are listening to this um, midweek, I hope that the rest of your week is fantastic and that you just 
know that you are covered by the grace of God. And there's nothing that you can tell him that he doesn't already know about you. And God is sufficient in all things, all, all the time. Now I feel like that <laughs> it's corny, but it's true. Um, God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. Um, so I hope that encourages you until next time. What will you steward well?